From pillar to post and coast to coast. This is a one-man gang. You're listening to a book. Hey, do you watch wrestling? Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to fight! Hello ladies and gentlemen, my name is Matthew Terry and this is the It's Time to Fight podcast. Thank you so much for clicking on that play button. I appreciate every single click that that play button gets. Just so you know, FYI, that Magnificent Championship Wrestling show that I've been mentioning day after day after day, it is sold out. All the tickets are gone. The Rags Riches show on September 4th is sold out. If you missed out, I'm sorry. I did warn you that the tickets were going to sell out, so you can't blame me. But good for them, good for Magnuson Championship Wrestling for getting the sellout. It's going to be a great show. Uh, I am returning to ring announcing. Haven't ring announced since before the pandemic. A little worried, but it's time to, to jump up on that horse and start doing some ring announcing. Today is day three of five with Zach Storm. Zach is back on the show. But before we get to that, there are a few things I would like to discuss with all of you. Uh, Thing number one, the chicken story. The chicken story, as it has come to be known in some circles, involves actions being taken at a wrestling expo many years ago. It is a funny story to some. It's concerning to others. But if you lived it, or were one or two hands from it, you remember it. Um, As does Zach Storm. However, I want to mention a cameo on this episode from the Daytona Beach bad boy, Jason Cage. Who was, along with Zach Storm, center of the chicken story. The reason Jason makes a cameo is simply because I make mention of Jason telling the story on this podcast to Zach when, in fact, my hiatus caused me to do things in the incorrect order. And if I left things as they were, the context would be off and it would sound confusing. It's it's not a big deal, but I got everyone's back, so you're welcome. Uh, Thing number two. Jake the Snake Roberts. It has been documented that about 15 years ago, people involved with the Universal Wrestling Alliance, including myself and Zach Storm, were part of two shows featuring Jake the Snake Roberts. Again, it's been documented that Jake was in a bad way during the second show. I sincerely want to make clear... Because I have spoken several times over several platforms recently about what happened with Jake over those two days. I want to make clear that 
it pains me to speak of Jake Roberts in this way. I loved Jake. I still love Jake. I really do think of Jake Roberts a lot and hope that one of my idols is doing okay and still has his demons in check. In fact, uh, several days ago, I came across a picture that uh, shows Jake uh, wearing oxygen. And I immediately tweeted out asking if anyone knew why, because I was very concerned for him. With this being said, you may be wondering why, if it pains me so much, why would I keep talking about what happened 15 years ago? What happened that weekend affected many people in many ways from many points of view with many differing ends. I think it is intriguing to explore those differing points of view and differing ends. And Jake the Snake Roberts is the conduit of those means. It could truly have been anyone from Greenhorn to Legend. It just happened to be Jake. So the first voice that you are going to hear is the Daytona Beach bad boy, Jason Cage. And then we will move on to my chat today with the prodigy, Zach Storm. So we've kind of jumped ahead to something I wanted to talk about. Um, I got this story like second or third person, and it was the Wrestling Expo. I believe it was in Oshawa. And some of the Southern Ontario guys or some of that area guys took some liberties with us UWA guys, including you. Is that true or false? It is absolutely true. Now, did they know you were a police officer? Yes. They did? Yes, they did. So they took liberties with you. Now, having the training that you do, because I, I was told, like, well, Jason, I, or I said, like, well, Jason must have tied him into knots. And they said, no, Jason didn't, didn't fight back. Is that true? Well, I didn't know at the time what they were doing. So um, long story short, they had an issue with a few of the other. That, that was part of the reason I actually left the Toronto CIWA, because they were all just whining babies. Okay. And, uh, you know, let that get out there because like, it's like a high school atmosphere, right? All through Toronto, they're all like that. And I've always said that anytime they come to Ottawa, I go, they're just a cancer, 90% of them in the locker room. And that was what I was dealing with in Toronto. Um, just all the infighting and it was horrible. Whereas Ottawa, uh, UWA didn't have that. So the Ottawa guys went to this expo in Toronto and uh, it was like a whole weekend of wrestling. And then I learned that somebody did, somebody ate chicken or spilled chicken or something like that. Um, uh, yeah, I uh, heard it was that they had taken one more chicken than they were supposed to or something. Something stupid like that. Yeah. And um, so, but people were already kind of jealous of me anyway. So, yeah. So they had some issue with the Ottawa people, wrestlers. Uh, I was unaware of any of that, but I, I, sort of was aware that some people were frustrated because I had been put on the cover of the newspaper. There. So you've got King Kong Bundy, Jim Neville Neidhart, Coco Beware, Kamala, all of these big wrestlers 
that were there. And what they did is the, the media locked on to the pro wrestler, or sorry, police officer by day, pro wrestler by night. And I was on the cover of the newspaper and uh, uh, along with these, these big stars. So they had it all lined up that I was going to be wrestling uh, King Kong Bundy, I think, and Kamala in two separate matches. Maybe it was Jim Neidhart. I can't remember. But it was, I was wrestling all of the big guys every single night. So I think that people were a little ticked off that being so young in my career that I was getting this push like that or getting these opportunities. And so anyway, I, um, I know that they beat up somebody pretty good in the ring, some of the other Ottawa guys. And then um, they were setting up matches like off on the fly. Like it was like, okay, 30 seconds, you're in the ring with, the, with you, you're, you're going over, you're losing, whatever. Right. And um, I got put in with, I don't even remember his name because he's of that little importance. Um, <laughs> what was it? Oh, I know. I can tell you his name. I had no problems. I can't say any names, by the way. His name is Ash. He wrestles as uh, Ash. Ashley Six, yes. Yes, that's who it is. And so we get in there, and um, I should have noticed as, as we're wrestling, he was just being more stiff. And I, you just think, okay, well, maybe he doesn't know what the heck he's doing. He'd asked if I could, if I could put him over because he was trying to impress some New York promoters or something. Okay. Sure, I don't care. Whatever works for you. And but I was noticing he was starting to choke me legitimately. He'd taken off a scarf or did something and he was choking me legitimately. So we carry on with the match. And then I remember uh he put me in a front face lock and then kind of kind of sat on my uh if I was sitting on my butt, then he was sitting on my legs in this front face lock, like a front choke. Yeah. But he was too weak to do any real damage other than the fact that he was digging into my throat. And, um, I remember thinking this, like, this feels like he's legitimately trying to hurt me. So I have no doubt that I could have picked him up and thrown him out of the ring. Yeah. Um, but I didn't, I just carried on. And then it wasn't until afterward that I learned what had already happened in several matches prior to mine, that these wrestlers decided to, you know, just, uh, shoot on everybody without saying anything. Uh, that's how pathetic they are. Yeah. Um, cowardly actually is what it is. And so I was just really angry about that. And so I think it caused a bit of a scene in the locker room about that, just because I was completely unaware. Well, okay. Let, let's, let's slip it just to something very short here. Uh, Cause lately the interviews that I've been doing, uh, we've kind of regressed to Jake Roberts and that Napanee Bra- Brockville loop what was your impression of jake roberts that loop um <clears throat> so i've uh, like most people i was like yeah did jake, jake roberts is coming in this will be cool and then i watched like the documentary of him like how bad he was and i was like oh this is gonna be something um and he showed up to napanee um with three days stubble on his head on his face like like stubble of at least uh he grew for a few days and he still had um you know when you cut yourself put a piece of ba- uh, toilet paper on it to like band-aid it up yeah he still had that on there um so i was like how the hell do you have like a toilet paper stubble band-aid on your face with like five days of growth up there yeah something's not right <laughs> Uh, and that that the little piece of toilet paper did come off by the time it was showtime, but um, I, yeah, I he was in okay shape that for Napanee. I didn't have any interaction with him. 
Um, mostly because I was like, you know, I'm going to leave him to be him to be with him, and uh, I'm going to deal with my stuff over here. We had the match with uh, Dino and Cheeky. You hit me with the thing. Uh, we took part the ring, and then I got home at two o'clock in the morning. Uh, then Brockful shows uh, the Brockful show. I showed up early, set the ring up, and uh, Jake came in. Same condition he was in the night before, um, more or less. <clears throat> Except this time, I was like, you know, I'm going to talk to Jake. I'm going to say hello, and I'm going to, you know, talk to him a little bit. Um, so I went in there and I introduced myself uh, again. Um, he didn't remember me from the night before, which is fine. Who the hell am I? I'm a yeah. nobody. I'm like through my entire career, I was a curtain jerker. I was, I'm, I'm a nobody, 100%. Uh, not really worth remembering. But uh, yeah, I would introduce himself to again. And uh, a couple other guys were in there. Uh, Alan was in there. And he, Jake Roberts taught me how to smuggle cocaine. And I was like, oh, this is <laughs> do tell, do tell. This is this is not how I was uh going, this is not what I planned on learning from Jake Roberts. But uh he was like, Yeah, so what you do is your luggage, the the pull-out thing, the pull-out thing, you just pull it all the way out and you shove whatever you want down the tube and you push the thing back in and they don't check. And I was like, huh, this is not what I planned on learning. Now if I, I know. if I ever decide to start doing cocaine. I'm glad I have this little pearl of, of knowledge. Yeah. It, uh, I don't. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> um, so then uh, I remember, I remember he asked for a drink in uh, night two in Brockville. And I was like, uh, no, I'm out pace. I'm going to go set up my match and, and do what I can. Uh, Jake, pleasure meeting you. <clears throat> so I, I fucked off. And uh, Alan was still in there. And he's like, well, I still want to talk to Jake. So he went and got him a drink. And the way the story goes, because again, this isn't, I was not there. I was not party to this. But uh, Alan would keep talking to him and he would come back with, oh, hey, uh, you're a good kid. Go get me another drink to Alan. And then Alan would be like, oh, okay. Yeah, I'll go get Jake another drink. Okay. Um, um, yeah. And I don't know how many. Uh, trips Alan went to the bar for him but uh, Jake was quite inebriated after that fact um, he was he was for sure not not throwing Alan under the bus I think Jake was inebriated beforehand and I, I know Alan enough to say that he wouldn't have like purposely like I'm gonna fuck Jake up for the show because that's not who Alan is yeah I don't I know he wouldn't have done that on purpose but I I'm sure he took, he was, uh, yeah, he gave him a couple of beers to hang out with Jake. Like, I mean, why wouldn't you? Like, yeah. I'm hanging out with Jake Rubs. I'm, this is. You, you kind of mentioned how Alan, you know, like, I, I don't need to be here anymore. And he stopped coming to training. Then there got to be a point where he wasn't on the shows anymore. And you, mm-hmm. you and Ryan started teaming. Yeah. I, I don't really remember distinctly any kind of singles run with you like it just seemed alan was subtracted and ryan was added and then the two of you became sudden impact yep was this dave's doing or was this you guys like well if alan's gonna bugger off then Uh, um, ryan's here to to take his place so i have uh, a lot of respect for alan at the time like I said, at the time when I was younger, I had a chip on my shoulder and I was like, no, this isn't how it's supposed to be. And if you're not doing it this way, I don't want anything to do with you. Um, 
so Alan's whole intention was to like start his own school, start his own promotion. And I was like, but just cause you know how to wrestle and you've had 50 matches doesn't mean you should pe- be teaching people how to wrestle. Um, but you do you and uh, you know, we'll see you down the road. And we had a bit of a falling out in our personal lives. Like he was a, a high school best friend of mine. And mm-hmm. then we just went like cold Turkey. We didn't talk to each other for uh, a while, ran into him at Walmart. Uh, a month or two ago and we were like shooting the shit for 45 minutes next to the movie section so like we buried the hatchet i I, like i love my memories of him from high school Uh, there was a big gray area there that we just like you know he's gone um but yeah so alan um left because he was focusing more on his own thing um which is admirable Mm -hmm. he had he had the uh, courage to like you know, step away from everything and try to focus on uh, his company, his brand, his everything. Um, and I was still like, you know, I like tag wrestling and tag wrestlers get booked more than singles wrestlers. Cause CPW was like, Hey, you're bringing me a tag match. And I was like, okay. And I was looking around Dave's gym and I was like, Hey Ryan, you're the most athletic one here. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to come to CPW? We won't tell Dave right away. And he was like, do I want to get booked? Yes. Yes, I do. Um, so I brought Ryan there and we had uh, a match. And uh, well, we were practicing in the, in the gym a bit, some tag stuff. And then uh, we had a match at CPW and we, we clicked. Like Ryan and I clicked in training. Like he's a, to this day, he's a good friend of mine. I was in his wedding party for his first wedding. Yes, Ryan, first wedding. Um <laughs> Okay, well, yeah, time I wasn't there for out. I wasn't there for the second. Was there a I second? Was just a guest. Yes, I was just a guest oh, okay. for the second. Okay, uh, I uh, didn't. I didn't know if this was a running joke of like this is your first wife. Yeah, no, I was just a guest for his second wedding. I wasn't in the party, but to be fair, he didn't have a party. So, <laughs> okay, fair um, enough. Yeah, um, but no, Ryan and I are good friends still to this day. Like he's yeah. uh, him. He, he, if you look at my cell phone, the top three most recent text messages, like he's usually in there. Yeah. <clears throat> so Ryan and I were good friends. And I was like, yeah, come on to CPW. We won't tell Dave right away. Um, things clicked. We kind of got over with the crowd. We had uh, a match with uh, Udo and Stu and that was fun. Um, yeah. And we just kept rolling from there. We had a match with uh, Twin Terrors and uh, Max Alexander and the Beast something, something, something. Again, I can only remember these because at the time I was videotaping everything and I still have it on my computer. <laughs> well, I, I still have headlocks and hammerlocks or what is it? Your best high fives of and ha- oh, oh, what is it? Uh, high fives and hammerlocks. High fives and hammerlocks. Zach Storm, high fives and hammerlocks. I was yeah. so proud of that name. I was like, oh, that's so amazing because I do a lot of hammerlocks and I'm in tag <laughs> matches. I I know I kind of said that there was no real singles run, but you actually did start like traveling. Like even by that DVD that we were just talking about, like you you're against Matt Stryker on there, which I I'll admit I was a little disappointed that it wasn't the Matt Stryker that I like, but (laughs) it's a Y instead of an I. And he did that on purpose. I'm sure. I know. I know. I didn't. I didn't notice the difference. I just. I saw it. And it's like, oh, like I would love to see Phil or sorry Zach, and that was Phil. Oh, okay, um, Phil's good. against Matt Stryker. I would love. 
to see that. And then I think it's the first match on the DVD. And I'm like, that's not because uh, the, the video is a little grainy at first. I'm kind of like, that's not Matt. Cause no, oh, I don't remember Matt Stryker being in that good a shape. Like nope, you know, different Matt Stryker. Yep. Yeah. Totally different. Um, but you did actually uh, start traveling and actually broadening out. I did. So um, even later in my, so when we, when I started, um, you needed to be licensed to wrestle in Ontario and YouTube wasn't a thing. And I didn't own a computer. I don't even think I had an email address. So I was piggybacking a lot with Portia Perez. Um, most 90% of my bookings were because uh, she got booked on a show and I was like, well, shit, I'll drive you. Yes, I'll go. Um, what's the what's the promoter's address i'll send them a package and we'll send our package together um so they'll be like yeah um you know she get booked she they want her obviously because she's uh heads and shoulders talent wise above most people and um they're like yeah well to get her we got to book him so i guess we'll book him too um so that's how i got most of my bookings but yeah, I, I would go and I would impress these people and they'd be like, yes, anytime you two, both of you want to come back, please do. Um, so that, that Matt Stryker match was in Cleveland. My very first match in the States was at that company. And uh, Portia would set up little mini tours for us <clears throat> in the area. So we'd have like an Ohio loop we would do um, of two or three promotions. And like she she was a genius as far as like, planning everything um so we were draw we were navigating these places by roadmap i made that joke to her the other day you're old enough to get somewhere without a gps you, you hand a roadmap to a kid nowadays well like what am i doing with this um <clears throat> but yeah she would set up these little mini tours for us and we went to cleveland all pro and then heartland wrestling association um we'd stay at heartland wrestling association and do some training and this is back when Alan was still training with us. Uh, so he brought a friend and then uh, Portia and I went. So it was the four of us that went down and did this little circuit. Um, and so it was Cleveland All Pro, Heartland Wrestling. Heart, we trained at Heartland for a week or, uh, or so. And then we did Cleveland All Pro again and then go home. Um, so I went to Cleveland All Pro. And uh, I... The second time we went down, I was like, yeah, you know, we went to HWU. I was talking to Cody Hawk, the, the guy who ran Cleveland Opera. Uh, may he rest in peace. He was a fantastic man, by the way. Um, I told him, like, you know, we're training at Cleveland uh, at HWA. They have local TV, which is really cool. But they're not going to put me on TV, understandably so. I'm just a, like a one-off guy. Um, so the Matt Stryker match came to be, and he and Cody Hawk pulled me aside. And No, not Cody Hawk. Um, Cody Hawk ran Heartland. Oh, I can't remember names and places. Cody Hawk's still alive. He ran Heartland. TJ Thunder ran Cleveland All Pro. Yes, Something he did. Like yes. That. Okay. Yes. TJ Thunder ran Cleveland All Pro. See, my memory, it sucks. <laughs> um, so TJ Thunder pulls me aside. He's like, hey, I'm putting you in with Matt Stryker today. And I'm putting you in with Matt Stryker because he's a big name at HWA. And maybe he has some pull to get you on TV. Okay. So he did me a, a solid. That's how. That's the only reason that match came to be is is uh, JT Lightning. That's JT what Lightning, it is. Not the, JT Lightning, not Thunder. His, when his you said JT Thunder, I'm just like, no, that's <clears throat> not it. But JT Lightning, See, that's what it is. JT Lightning was a fantastic man. 
Um, so he booked me against Matt Stryker um, to help me out down at HWA. And that's um, <laughs> funny thing. We just came back from a, a TV taping at HWA that I, I was put on TV for. Um, so I was like, oh, cool. Next time I come down, maybe they'll put me on TV and it'll be thanks to you. And did they? Uh, they did. They oh. did. Uh, it was it was nothing. It was a nothing match, but it was still like local TV. I was on there once. That's my claim to fame. That that is your claim to fame. Is that one I time was, on television? <clears throat> I was on TV one time. A lot of my single stuff was in the states, and most of it um, was you know piggybacking with Jen. Yeah, I do a funny thing about HWA. Once we went down, and they were doing one of their big pay per view shows. And uh, there was nobody in the crowd. <laughs> like they had a, a like pretty steady um, fan base, but they ran uh, Dayton, Ohio, the same time there was a high school football game or a college football game or something. And I was like, high school football draws a crowd. What are you talking about? I had no idea. I had no idea. Um, there was like 12 people in the crowd. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was one of the, it was supposed to be like the, one of the bigger shows of the year. Um, I have a DVD copy of that show. I am on the jacket as like bonus match, Zach Storm versus Will Inferno or some guy with a fire theme gimmick. My match with him is not on the DVD anywhere. <laughs> yeah, so I'm on the jacket. I'm advertised on the DVD as like bonus match and I'm not on, <laughs> I'm not on the DVD. But I did find that funny. The Oshawa Expo, the first Oshawa Expo, the expo where they had like numerous shows, oh, yes. one after another, after another, after another. I know you were oh, yes. part of it because I still have the program from it. But yes. were you involved with the whole hubbub about? Chicken? Oh, the chicken incident. Yeah, were you the part chicken of chicken incident? Oh, I was dragged into that chicken incident. Okay. Um. Yeah. So, do you want to hear the story about the chicken incident? Well, no. Like I remember. So this is well, a I'm not, story. I'm not going to throw I, I, anybody I, under, but I can I can say no, that you know I've I've I spoken to Jason, uh, Jason Cage, uh, yeah. because I know he was part of it, and somebody took liberties with him, and I wanted to ask him about it when I did the interview with him to say like, dude, you're a police officer, you know I would think like, well, you're barking up the wrong fucking tree here, like you're trying to take liberties with a police officer, and. By this point, Jason's interview will have played when the, when yours plays, and it essentially was, you know, I didn't, I wasn't a hundred percent sure if they were taking liberty, like they were kind of taking liberties, but not yeah, really so- taking liberties. So he said he so- just he never let it get to the point where like that it was like okay, I got to do something about this, but he does know that they were a little stiff and things was a little, little different. Yeah. So the, the chicken incident is something I do vividly remember. And I can tell the story with because I, I, <laughs> I love how I don't remember when I when I wrestled for Dave. I can't remember what the hell that guy's name. JT Thunder. No, no JT Lightning. No, Cody Hawk. No. Oh, the chicken incident. Well, let me tell you about the fucking chicken incident. I can remember the chicken incident because uh, <laughs> and the main reason I remember the chicken incident is because I remember that show and I've retold the story. Like a lot of things I don't. I can rem- I can vividly remember telling the story of the chicken incident, that the like act 
that's that's how I remember things is like, did I tell the story after the fact? And how many times did I tell the story? And the repetition, it gets stuck in my head. Yeah. I can tell the chicken incident without naming any names. And plus, as um, soon as you said chicken incident, the very first time I saw you, you kind of got a little comfortable, just like, oh, well, let's talk about the chicken. Incident. <laughs> All right. So, so go, go ahead with the chicken uh, incident. So the the Oshawa uh, Wrestling Expo. Um, was held by a gentleman named David Wildstar. I believe his first name is David um, yeah. Wildstar. He was a, a, a fan promoter. He ran a, he owned a comic book shop. He had money and he wanted to run wrestling shows. Um, and he was like, he owned a comic book shop. So he was very big into Comic-Con, Fan Expo and all these things. And, he, and his genius idea was, well, I like conventions and I like wrestling. So I'm going to put on a wrestling convention. And I'll book uh, 12 hours worth of time slots. Each, and I'll contact each promotion. Each promotion will come down. We'll get an hour and a half time slot, however long it is, or an hour time slot. And like UWA Ottawa would get nine till 10. And UWA Hardcore from, from uh, Hamilton will get 11 till 12 and so on and so forth. Um, so because UWA Ottawa um, isn't well known in the region, we got the early time slot. And uh, I, I remember Dave was like, fuck this. You guys do whatever you want. So um, Jason uh, was basically like our head booker. So he would put on the matches and he would say like, yeah, uh, you guys just kind of go out and do what you need to do. And he would uh, help all these things. So because we were on early in the show, uh, there was catering brought in because Wildstar wanted to do things up proper for us. Okay. Fantastic forum. In the catering, there was steamed chicken and like rice and like everything you would expect um, to be at a, a good catered place for people that are health conscious, right? Like you're not going to give them pizza. You're not going to put pizza out at a pro wrestling convention with all these jacked bodybuilders because no one's going to want the pizza. I'll be say, eating I, all the pizza. <laughs> I was going to say, I gave you guys pizza after a show and we're going to talk about that show in a second, but go ahead back to, to chicken. Um, so he had steamed chicken and, and like steamed rice and these healthy things. And I vividly remember there was no signage as to how much chicken you were allowed to take. So um, if you look at the Battleground Academy School, <clears throat> an overwhelming percentage of them are blonde. The Hunks are blonde. Chaz Lovely is blonde. Uh, Jason Cage is blonde. Rush is blonde, right? So that's five people in a class of seven or eight that are blonde. So one of the blonde people in our class had a plate full of chicken. Each time this story gets told, it's more and more chicken. I think I remember seeing the plate and it wasn't like a out proportionate amount, but by the time the stories got done being told, it was like five inches high worth of chicken on this paper plate being how many people were booked on the show. They ran out of chicken and they were like, who the hell took all the chicken? Oh, one of the blondes from Ottawa took all the chicken. Each show was segregated. Like UWA Ottawa had early show. Um, so somebody from a, uh, some well-known people from down there um, was like, well, shit, let's, let's teach these greenhorns a lesson and put them in our show, in our match, and we'll have a five-on-five five tag match or a six-on-six six tag match or whatever. We don't know which blonde it was that took all the chicken, so we're just going to beat them all up 
because uh, our main event guy, who's now on TV, I believe, didn't get any chicken. And that's not right. So I got dragged into it because somebody on the show, somebody in that match, one of the blondes, uh, I believe it was Rush, he made friends with Hornet. And the Hornet requested a singles match with him. Okay. So he came to me afterwards and was like, hey, I'm booked in this five-man tag match. Um, can you take my place? And I was like, yeah, sure. At the time, I had no idea about the chicken incident. Okay. I was like, yeah, I'd love to get in the ring with these guys. It'll like, I'll like rub shoulders with them. It might lead to a, like a booking in their promotion later on. Um, <clears throat> so before the match, they didn't want to plan anything. And I thought that was strange. I was like, but I've never had a match where I don't plan something. Mm-hmm. like a finish or like a start or like some kind of sequence. I've never had a match like this. This will be fun. This will be interesting. I'm going to learn. Um, so what some guy, one guy that was in the match came up to me. I do not know who he was. I can't remember. He was a short, stocky man, looked like a power lifter. He said, I'm going to hit you with a big boot. And I said, cool. And then he proceeded to tell me, or he, he asked me, do you know who took all the chicken? I was like, I had a plate of chicken. Um, I think everybody else had a plate of chicken. I do not know what you're talking about with all the chickens. Like somebody from Ottawa who was blonde took a lot of chicken. Do you know who it was? And I was like, even if I I do know, I don't think I'd tell you, but no, (laughs) I don't know. Um, So he's like, all right, okay, fine. So we went through the match and um, I remember I was young, I was stupid. I had a big chip on my shoulder. I saw uh, Rob get roughed up hard. Cheeky. Yeah. And I say, one, I have of the, a, one of the hunks. Yeah. I have a soft spot in my heart for Rob because okay. he, by all rights, should never have been a wrestler. He was always sore. He was like, his body was not built for this. Fantastic talent, charisma for days. I always loved working Rob. Uh, <clears throat> but he, <laughs> he's very fragile. <laughs> And I saw him get roughed up. So I like broke character right there. I was like, get your fucking ass over here and tag me in. Um, so I got tagged in and I was in the ring for the remainder of the match because I was like, if they're going to rough anybody up, they're going to rough me up and I'm going to fight back because I was young and I had a chip on my shoulder and I was like, they can't take me. I don't care if they got 30 pounds on wrestled me. I took the big boot. I think I tagged in and I think they roughed uh, Jason up a little bit at the end of the match, but I, that's that is how I remember the match and the chicken incident of like UWA Ottawa getting beat up because one of us took up like a heaping plate full of chicken, which may or may not have happened. Want to support this podcast? Follow it on the Twitter gimmick at Time to Fight Pod. Follow the host at Announcer Terry. I'm a ring announcer. I'm a damn good one. Visit our website, www.itstimetofight.ca. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, email us at timetofightpod at gmail.com. October 22nd to 24th, It's Time to Fight presents Wrestling with ALS 2021. A weekend full of wrestling podcasts from worldwide, a live wrestling show presented by Moonshine Branded Wrestling, stand-up comedy from members of the wrestling community, and much more. 
The whole thing will be live-streamed. The wrestling and comedy will be open to the public. And every dollar raised will benefit the ALS Society of Canada. Check out our website, www.itstimetofight.ca, for information or email us at timetofightpod at gmail.com.